The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hey, we're hey, we're live. <clears throat> we're live, pal. As I cough, all my cough. Yep. Oh my god, Jeez. I almost died on air. Anyway, we're live, pal. Welcome everyone to the I don't know what episode number this is, but welcome everyone again to the A side live chat. I'm of course your host Jose Youngs here from MMAfighting.com. It's officially been two years as host of the A side live chat. I think the actual date was this past weekend. So it kind of fell in the middle of last time and this time, but we're going to call this episode the two-year anniversary of hosting the ASI Live Chat. So I brought back the man who was my first ever co-host back when it was just me and one other writer, and we couldn't make... It wasn't all pretty. There was no lower thirds. There was no, you know, what do you call it? Frames. There was nothing. It was literally just me. I think it was a Google video chat. So welcome back, A.K. Lee. How's life in, I know it says, it's going to say Toronto, but how's life in Markham? See, Jose, that's why I come on the show. You are a professional who remembers people are from. Uh, Life is great, man. Life's great. I am so excited to be here on the two-year anniversary of the Jose Young's A-side. Such humble beginnings uh, and what what a sterling second span show it is now. Of course, with the help of uh, producer extraordinaire. Casey Live. What is that? What is that? Why is that? No. Why? <laughs> why? Why? What is that? No. Come on. Why? For those of you who, can't, who are just listening to this and only listen to the A-Side Live chat, we have oh, a little show on this site called Between the Links, hosted by our own Mike Heck. It is a, I would call it a game show, probably the top game show in yeah. MMA. Hey, yeah. Kaylee's not very good at it, apparently. His record shows. Maybe he's... They just, they just put uh, my record on screen. Yeah. For no reason. Yeah. You ever I'm seen the... You ever seen the have you ever seen the first Godfather AK movie? Of course. You know when Sonny gets lit up at the at the toll booth? 
<laughs> yeah. I feel like that's that's how it is when you play between between the legs. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty good visual representation of what usually happens to me. I think I've been putting up a better a better show uh, lately. The, the record is what it is. And of course, the man who makes this show actually pretty back from the Google chat and Skype days. I think we even did one or two episodes on I can't even remember what it's called. Some software and it broke my computer and my <laughs> camera. But Casey Lydon in Englewood. What's up, Mr. Muscles? Happy Pride Month. Happy Pride Month. I was going to get to that, too, but Casey beat me to it. Happy Pride Month, everyone. He is dressed appropriately. When I say he's dressed appropriately, he's wearing a shirt with a rainbow flag. Of course, I'm not, you know, I don't want to film on the bus. People that are just listening to this, the only UFC shirt that Casey owns, apparently. I think I own three. I own that one, which is the We Are Fighters, the Pride Month one. I think that was after the uh, the nightclub shooting, right? In in Florida, well, that's when well, it came Florida, out around Orlando. Then. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And then I have the Australian one for the wildfires that were kind of taking over. Uh, the the bunch of people giving those out says so like. And then I have Hispanic Heritage Month. Someone gave me a UFC Hispanic Heritage Month shirt. So I have three shirts from the UFC, and they're all for like charities and you know good message and stuff but not no one cares about my t-shirts maybe they care about actually no i'll talk about my t-shirt at the end of the show talk about my t-shirt at the end of the show anyway you guys know the drill you can ask questions in the youtube comments hello to everyone on twitter and facebook we've been doing that for a while apparently it's been getting good review get good feedback from the facebooks and twitter users of the world so case without further ado what is our first question wait is it markham how do you spell that it's like mark ham Mark, Mark Ham. Ham. You just Mark Ham? It's like Mark Ham. Mark Ham. Without, yeah. It's exactly like Mark, Mark Ham, Ham. Yes, without, the, Mark, without the without the ill. Perfect. Mark, Mark no, Mark Ham. Gosh darn it. Just like just Jose said. Marum. Oh. It just says Marum now. <laughs> it's, uh, it's so much more medieval sounding. <laughs> Hold on. All right, here we go. There we go. Mark. There, thank you. There it's, we that, go. There it is. It's actually it's Mark, comma ham. You know. <laughs> Mark <laughs> the, the assassin, maybe. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> anyway, you guys know the drill. Ask question in the YouTube comments about MMA. Most probably be about MMA, but whatever you guys feel like chit-chatting about, we are here. We got no media day again this week, so we'll talk about whatever. Right. There's no media day this week, right? Or uh, virtual media day, I should say. Yeah, I mean, There's a media day, but not a virtual one. We're not one. there, so. <laughs> yes. Why well, it's too small. Happy birthday, the A-side. Yes, two years to the Jose Young's iteration of the A-side. This, of course, dates back all the way to our friend Luke Thomas's live chat, and then it went to the Sean Alshadi, Mark Raimondi days, and then it went to Sean and Co., and now it is Jose and Co., or Jose, okay. Casey, and Co. And team. Team. It's team. Jose all and right. team. Here we go. First question. First question. This is a big one. It's the big news today. Did WWE just release Braun Strowman, dot, 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 WTF, question mark? So, yes, I guess for, we do have a lot of professional wrestling fans in our comment section and on Twitter. Uh, the WWE apparently released f- former Universal Champion Braun Strowman, Aleister Black, who had just started a program, apparently. Uh, who else did they release? Those are Lana. the two big ones. Lana. Lana. Who's, Sent- who else did they yeah. Santana Garrett. Garrett, Ruby Riot, Ruby Riot, yeah. So and they released Murphy, those names. Murphy. It's just Murphy. 
Not Buddy Murphy. He lost his first name. Remember, that's how it works. That's how it works. I think he's back to being Buddy. I think he's back to being Buddy. Or maybe he is now. I don't know. Maybe he's now. Anywho, AK, you your arms went up in the air physically when this question was pulled up. So, what are your thoughts on Braun Strowman being released? I guess. Yeah, look, no, this stuff, this stuff is important because, look, uh, I, I get it. Well, look, we're not going to dwell too much on, on the pro wrestling, though this is a combat sports podcast, not just UFC. Mm-hmm. So we do, we do mm-hmm. talk about all combat sports organizations, which includes, of course, professional wrestling, maybe the most powerful discipline on the planet. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you know, again, look, we, we talk about UFC releases all the time and, and you know, names that come up and go, oh, I can't believe they released, you know, Yoel Romero. Or I can't believe they let... Uh, Jacarego or Anderson Silva. I can't believe they, they, you know, they parted away with him. Tyron Woodley uh, didn't resign him. So it's kind of, it's, it's definitely worth talking about how like no one is safe when you get to this sort of big, when you get to the big, big, big show, obviously it's the goal where everyone wants to get UFC, uh, WWE, you know, whichever the organization may be. But one second, like Jose, you mentioned, this guy was headlining WrestleManias, former world champion, top guy in the company. And the next, guess what? Your, your release, your, your future endeavored. Uh, again, and we so we see it happen all the time. So yeah, this is really I think this is really big news. Obviously, uh, you know, not necessarily in MMA related, but in uh, combat sports, sports entertainment. Uh, yeah, Strowman really shocking. Alistair Black, super talented. I hadn't really got his run yet. With the company it feels like it was on the cusp of them wanting to do something with him. Um, I admit I haven't been keeping up with WWE that much, but I know that's sort of where he was. And then some of the other names, very talented people. Who knows where they'll, where they'll turn up. But uh, yeah, I, I haven't watched WWE in a long time. I'm an AEW man. But uh, the releases were really, really surprising. Well, I know Braun Strowman was a product. He's one of the few products of the WWE. He had no wrestling yeah. experience before signing. Same as Big E. He, they're, they're in that same boat where you get a lot of these mm-hmm. big wrestlers, that uh, big famous wrestlers that were independent wrestlers that eventually signed the WWE and they kind of made a name for themselves in the regional scenes and then they get to the big show. That was not the case with Braun Strowman to the point where he tweeted he was kind of poking fun at independent wrestlers not being able to work much Ooh. during the pandemic. Yeah, yeah that that's, was bad. Yeah, that, that was wasn't bad. great. <laughs> that That's not a great no. look. So I'm curious how he does uh, considering he his whole wrestling life has been. He didn't even do NXT. He skipped NXT. He learned at the Performance Center and then cut his bones on Raw. Like, that was his big jump. That'd be with like... The, if, with the Wyatt family. They threw him in there with the Wyatt family. And they're yeah, like, here you go. That would, your, you're part that, of a big faction. It, oh, he that, was one of those guys? He was in the Wyatt yes, family? Yes, he, oh. he was the fourth. Later. Later. They added, the added him later. It would be as if, like, we've seen that, obviously, like Matt Riddle and Matt Mitrione debuted in the UFC. Uh, but they, of course, had... Like Matt Riddle was a big, uh, and they both came from the Ultimate Fighter. This is this would be as if someone got like Biggie signed NXT, got his uh, did a lot of work on that, uh, learned how to work on television, and then made his debut. That was not Braun Strowman's case. Alistair Black, of course, uh, former Tommy N independent wrestler from the UK, uh, from Holland and the Netherlands. So I think he'll be fine. I think he'll get scooped up real quick. Uh, he also is a very pretty talented kickboxer. He used to post a lot of videos of him hitting mitts and bags and all that kind of stuff. So. Maybe he wants to do a little bit of both. Uh, that'd be fun too. He has fan. He has fantastic tattoos. I am uh, beyond jealous that he the amount of Paul Booth tattoos he has. Paul Booth is a man that free free hands tattoos. He doesn't put a stencil down. He I just he was, goes. I, I thought he was the mall cop. Close enough. Uh, okay. Paul Booth. Uh, I think you're th- thinking of Paul Blart. 
Oh, my bad. My bad. Uh, <laughs> that is played by Kevin James. Good segue. Lot big time MMA fan. Combat uh, sports. In, here here okay. comes the boom. <laughs> Paul Booth freestyle tattoos though. So if you just want like a demonic looking thing and you have no idea what it's going to look like, go to him. But it's like a seven year wait. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Wait, real quick on how. This. Go ahead, Casey. Because I don't keep up with WWE and like kind yeah. of the inside baseball of, of WWE, but like, are these releases based on? So just not good enough. No, or is it money? No. Or is it? So we think here. There's a. There's. I think the biggest theory that I've seen right on Twitter because I've I looked at this pretty briefly is they've they've been releasing a lot of wrestlers as of the last few months. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually there's a big there's a big clean house after WrestleMania, but like not this many big names in such a short amount of time. They also wiped out the WWE Network now that they're on Peacock and they're doing a bunch of stuff on A and E. Uh, they've also taken a ton of past episodes of Raw and footage and stuff off of Peacock. It's like kind of the the Attitude Era stuff. Uh, all, a lot of these wrestlers they've been releasing were back when the beginning of the pandemic, when the WWE locked them up for years in massive contracts. I think they're going to sell a big chunk of the WWE. Just my idea. That's what it my theory. Like. That's what People it feels like that. because they're trying to get some money back and then sell it, and maybe there's going to be a different product. But I have no idea because some of these don't make any sense to me. Some of them I do get. Like people are very people are very upset about Samoa Joe being released, but he was hurt all of the time, so I get that one. There's there's also been some uh, shakeup at the top. I, 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 it's no secret. Our, our man our man Damon Martin was tweeting about it a little bit earlier today. I don't I'm not gonna I don't know if I want to name names, start slagging people in public, but uh, suffice to say there was some change at the top with like a former ESPN executive kind of getting some power at the WWE, and they're wondering if you know he was kind of handing down some like. You know, all to any t- any company. Again, I, I want to relate to the broader uh, combat sports thing. Is any company when there's new management, you know, uh, it, it doesn't it doesn't come down. Suddenly, it doesn't come down to necessarily what Vince McMahon has to say or necessarily what Dana White has to say. Everyone answers to somebody. So you know, these releases in these in these companies happen for a reason, right? So uh, Damon was saying that this was someone he used to work for at Fox Sports, who else used to work at ESPN, now works at the at the uh, WWE, and according to Damon, uh, not not fond of this particular executive, and uh, is not surprised that some talented people um, may have gotten hurt in the wake of this of this man's hiring. So, guys, how do we get? Let's again to steer you more towards MMA. How do we get Braun Strowman in Ryzen? How do we, for, for, for guys who are, I know there's listeners who don't care about pro wrestling at all. Just Google Braun Strowman and just look at this guy. I need he's him in man. there with like, I, he's a large man. I need him in there with Akabono. I need him in there with Bob Saff. I need him in large. there with. No, this, no, here's what you do. Here's no. what you do. So oh, the, go ahead. Braun, Strow- yeah. Braun Strowman, before yes. he was in the WWE, was a high, like he was a decorated strongman. Mm-hmm. What other decorated strongman do we have in an in a MMA organization right now? So it's only a matter of time uh, before we get Marius Pujanowski versus Strowman. That's how you do it. Oh, oh, that would be K- KSW. Oh my God, they would kill to have Braun Strowman headline one of their shows. They love, love, love guys. I'm all about Braun Strowman uh, yeah. versus Minimal Man. Minimal Man's guy. Sure. Oh, let's do it. Minimal Man. Minimal Man would kill him. I know. It's not even fair. It's not even fair. Yeah. Braun Strowman also has some terrible tattoos. Atrocious tattoos. Don't hurt me. Anyway, anyway, always fun to talk wrestling. Terrence Leverett on Twitter in celebration of two years. Good Lord. Please tell us Demon Slayer season one and the movie. So go for it. I'll talk about I will talk about Demon Slayer at nauseum to the point where we're going to lose a ton of listeners. And I know our listeners don't probably don't care about anime, as do my fellow co-hosts right now. So we can check. 
we can chat about manga. it later. Manga. Dem- well, this is a good manga. Demon Slayer is basically this generation's Naruto, Dragon Ball Z, One Piece, like that type of thing. It is a uh, very straightforward, like hero's quest with his pals uh, narrative. You know how like you get the group of young people who go on their quest and uh, there is a end goal on like Dragon Ball Z where it was in arcs and they're like learning like powers and there's cool fight scenes. The animation is fantastic. The movie uh, is to bridge the gap between seasons one and two, which is why it was it blew up so big in Japan uh, because season one was so fantastic that when it ended, it went into the movie. So people flocked to go see the movie ahead of season two. There have been some shows that try to do that, like Naruto's try to do it, Dragon Ball Z's tried to do it. Uh, but this one, I think, just kind of hit it on the head uh, where it ended and then the movie came out right away. Um, so if you are into the uh, basic tropes of anime, of the hero's quest and like learning like powers and fight scenes and everything, Demon Slayer is this generation's uh, top, top pick, I think. I and want, is this is this on is this on Netflix now? That's another reason. That's another reason it blew up over here, right? They started yeah, they started streaming it. Right, right. I remember that's why mm-hmm. I started. That's why I'm watching right now. It. I'm watching Demon Slayer season one on Netflix. Uh, and I'm not I'm, I'm not an anime dude, but I'm halfway through season one, and I really enjoy it. It's good. It's very good. The uh, uh, the action scenes are awesome. I'm digging the storylines. Um, I just met, is, I just met the uh, guy of the boarhead now or whatever. Ooh. It is a, uh, uh, it's a very, it is, but again, if you don't like anime tropes of like, you know, it's very much like, it, I'm not calling it cookie cutter by any means, but we, it, it's very much like the, the Naruto, One Piece, Dragon Ball Z style things. It's not like I'm if a, you want lore like Attack on Titan, it's not yeah. that. I'm currently binging uh, on Netflix season one of Dawson's Creek. So if there's any uh, season one do- or the whole show, I should say, I've only got through season one. If there's any season one Dawson's Creek related questions, please uh, fire away in the YouTube and we'll, I'll answer. Watching, or or, or uh, hit, me on, hit me on Twitter. Hit me on Twitter. I'll answer privately. Sing the song. Show, so, yeah. They changed the song for the Netflix version. Really? They, they, didn't, they, didn't have the, yeah, they didn't have the rights for the song in perpetuity. So now it's a Jan Arden song. That makes me mad. I have never song. seen it. I've never seen an episode of Dawson's Creek, but I know that I've heard the song at least. Uh, it's a it's 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 a show of a time. Let me put it that way. It's a, of a time. Who are they? Holy who, crap! Okay. It, who are the main? Is it James Vanderbeek? Is that James uh, Vanderbeek? Katie uh, Holmes. Katie Holmes. Four, four time Academy Award nominee Michelle Williams and uh, and Canadian Canada's own Joshua Jackson. Joshua Jackson. Shut up, Joshua Jackson. All right, we should. Talk about some anime. All right. At some point. At some point. Oh, thank you, Scott. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, cry. Well done, Jose and ASAC crew. Thank you for all of you. Looking forward to the shows every week. Well, uh, I hope you guys tune in every week. Okay. Here we go. Let's go to some questions. Here we go. <laughs> Jack no, Levy. Well, not, to, not, not today. Not today. Obviously, Are you guys we... doing a celebration? So, coincidentally enough, right. the AK's birthday doesn't fall on the two year anniversary of the Yeah, I know. Jack. Weird, right? So weird. Yeah, it's the only day. Yeah, odd. Yeah, so weird. So yeah, weird. it's it's very bizarre. All right. Oh, Azan Zaman on Twitter is the UFC trying to get rid of Yair? He has been a very hard fighter to deal with. Thoughts on? Oh, well, we'll talk about that one first. So, is the is recently announced uh, Yair Rodriguez is returning after? Oh man, it's been it's clearly been more than a year. His last fight was the Jeremy Stevens fight, if I remember correctly, right? In Boston. And that was the rebooked fight from their fight in Mexico. Jeremy Stevens has fought like what three times since then? And Yair hasn't. I feel like at one point 
he was like real he was on the short list for like one more win title fight but i feel like the rest of the division's kind of passed him at this point because of the activity he's now returning against max holloway uh which i don't hate it didn't see that fight coming whatsoever uh but it feels weird now that yair and zabit are kind of in this weird place where they're not active and now all of a sudden they're getting these big fights but ak uh what are your thoughts on yair rodriguez return against max holloway and is the UFC trying to get rid of him yeah, I like it. I'm a, I'm a fan of the fight. Look, it's not it wasn't probably my number one choice for either guy, uh, but I'm a fan of the fight. I, I was sort of into I know uh, I know, you know, our, our, my cat had been pushing wanting to see Max Holly fight Justin Gaethje, which is a dream fight. Hopefully we get that someday. But I never really thought I didn't think that was necessarily going to be next or necessarily happen this year. And then, uh, you know, Holloway versus the uh, EK or zombie, something like that could have worked, too. So there was there was other options. But uh, the only reason it's hard to figure out like when Yair was going to get a fight like this is we just don't know when Yair is ever going to get a fight because again, as sort of is mentioned in the question, there's injury problems. It looks like there's sometimes problems with negotiating fights, negotiating certain opponents. Uh, do I think that this is a way of the UFC to get rid of him? I I don't. That wasn't my read of, of this match at all because uh, I think when you're trying to get rid of someone, you don't give them a fight against the main like, event. A main event. And, and if, guess, he, like, one and of if the he wins, three. he'll get a freaking yeah. title shot. That doesn't make any right. sense. I don't get it. It's it, you, you can't be as I mean, as confident as they might be that Holloway beats him. I don't think it'd be, you know, Holloway beats him and they would use his Houston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it can't happen. I, let, let, let me put it this way. If he were if he were if he did lose to Holloway and was released for whatever reason, I'd be like, okay, we kind of again, we kind of talked about at the beginning of the show. Nobody is safe. Uh, fortunately. Um, so yeah, there could be other reasons. Uh, could be he's a high price tag as well, uh, that, that they don't want to work with anymore, but, but no, but the, but the making of the match itself, I do not see as like them subtly trying to push. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a great opportunity for a year, a uh, good fight for Max who just wants to stay busy. He's happy to fight anybody. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't read too much into it. I don't, I don't think the UFC wants to, is in necessarily a hurry to get rid of, out of the, uh, El Pantera business. It's a great fight. I don't, I, I, I got, I didn't understand the, the hate for this fight at all. The only weird thing is Max staying at 45. Um, basically kind of just Max doesn't gain anything from this fight other than a paycheck. And well, it's a very tough fight, obviously. Um, but uh, yeah, I did like them. I did like the idea of Max going to 55 and just having a fun fight. Kind of like, you know, Anderson Silva when he went to 205, just kind of fights like that. Um, while, you know, the 45 um, belt is tied up on tough. But um, no, I fight rules. Yair's incredibly good. He's still top five, and the idea he's very—he's a hard fighter to deal with. I don't get that. I mean, Jeremy Stevens is is injuring fighters before the fight. I mean, that seems like a hard fighter to deal with. But <laughs> I think Yair's man—it's it's a good fight. It's a tough fight. Yair's only who's Yair lost to Frankie Edgar, and yeah, that's all. In the, that's, that's the only fight. That's the only fight he's lost <laughs> yeah, to yeah, Frankie yeah, Edgar. Yeah, Yair is historically difficult to deal with according to Dana White. He's sure. turned he he's been cut, remember? That weird time when he was cut because he turned down a ton of fights. He also uh got a USADA suspension for failing to notify where he was three different times. So he got mm. the three strikes you're suspended thing. So I'm not saying he's taking drugs. Like cause when he got the USADA suspension, I think you see that a lot of people think he's taking steroids. No, he just didn't update his whereabouts, which is, you know, if they show up and you're not there three different times, 
you get suspended and that is a violation. So historically, Yair has been uh, not the easiest to deal with in terms of matchmaking because A, they've matched him up against the beat how many times? Five or six. And it's just never happened <laughs> because someone is hurt. Uh, mm-hmm. He's turned down a ton. Like after he lost but, to Frankie Edgar, after he lost from- to Frankie Edgar, he, what, what's up? Who do we hear this from though? Who are we hearing this from? When I worked at Fansided in Chicago, the MMA, because he trained at MMA in Chicago, he trained a few in Chicago a bit. A lot of people thought that he uh, he would just kind of disappear for a long time. I'm not saying he that was difficult, but people just like, I have no idea what he is doing with his fight career right now. And that was around the time he got cut. Um, and then, I mean, I'm not saying he shouldn't be in the UFC. He's the, He's also the highest ranked fighter not matched up. Yeah. Besides yeah. Matt Collar. So yeah, I don't exactly. hate this. I don't hate this fight whatsoever. I'm just I was surprised that he got this fight because he the last thing we heard from him is he hurt his ankle. So he pulled out of this beat fight and then he got suspended by USADA. And it just I thought he would get a lower ranked fighter uh, after coming off of the USADA suspensions. But I don't hate it. I love this fight as a high level mar- mixed martial arts yeah. competition. It just caught me <laughs> off guard because they're. Yeah. But again, like featherweight is so good. Like if they did Yair Arnold. I would be yeah, fine. With they yeah. did Yair Edson Barbosa, Yair Giga Chikadze. I would be fine with any of those fights. It's good for Max Holloway getting a paycheck, uh, a big, probably a big paycheck. It's five round fight uh, in Las Vegas, so good on everyone involved. But to me, this is just. But to me, the booking of this says just the opposite. When it's the, the question is, the UFC trying to get rid of Yair? No, you don't put him in a main event against Max Holloway if you're trying to get rid of the guy. Like this is like if Yair wins, he's he's gonna get the next title shot. I think this person is asking, like, because Max Holloway has looked pretty much unstoppable against anyone not named Volkanovski at Featherweight, which you could even argue he beat yeah. Volkanovski. We don't need to say that. Maybe they're, this is the last fight of his contract, and if he loses, that's it for him. They're just out of the I.R. Rodriguez game. But if he wins, uh, they all suddenly have another superstar in their hands. So maybe it's a win-win for the UFC. That's just me speculating because none of us know the actual answer. I'm just trying to yeah. rationalize this this yeah. question that he's asking. Yeah. About. It, look, if for some reason this does turn, like, let's see, let's say Yair loses and he parts ways with the UFC after, we know it's for reasons beyond his performance because he is yeah, a oh, top yeah. five, top, top eight featherweight. So, so the question does have some, like, does have some basis to it. Like, I, yeah, but we're basing it is a big if the UFC gets rid sure. of Yair, and they haven't, they haven't sure. indicated that. Hey, no, UFC released we're not, Cain, we're not UFC released Cain Velasquez <laughs> one time so. again. <laughs> We're not trying to rationalize the possibility of him getting released. <laughs> I'm trying to rationalize this specific question. Yeah. Uh, yes. Presented yeah, yeah. To us. Uh, so if, sure. if Yair is released, it's not because he's not a top five fighter. It's probably for reasons outside of octagon stuff. Anyway, thoughts yeah, on the first yeah. tough 29 right, episode? Hold on. Feel we're, like we're, gonna, we're gonna we're gonna we got we have other questions that we're not gonna actually. We're, I'm gonna go to the. Oh, okay. Other and besides, we need yeah, to okay. we need to build up to that. Yeah, we, we need to build up to that question because because I, I know I know we all watched it. I know you guys watched. I know we all watched it. Uh, and Stop we all it. have okay, a lot okay, of. Okay, we're gonna get to it later. Okay, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. But like, I see, I see a lot of comments going, "Oh yeah, yeah, he's ducking Zabit." Yeah, you don't duck Zabit to face Max Holloway. That's like, also, <laughs> I'm like, what? yeah, he got what he wanted. <laughs> Zabit's also not healthy right now. His coach yeah. came out and said he was dealing with something serious, yeah. like well, not not fight injury related, like health related. Get better, Zabit. All right, here we go. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. 
and new customers to DraftKings can bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge? That takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Return of Toph from Muff Daddy. Congrats on two years, fellas, in honor of the return of the of the Ultimate Fighter last night. Just curious, what season of the Ultimate Fighter, other than season one, you have the most fond memories of? <laughs> I specify other than season one because that's simply everyone's default. And do you think Tough lives on past this current season? Watching it last night, the concept feels just seems so dated. I think Tough can still work as a show. They just have to make some major changes to evolve, especially with the Contender Series being a thing now. So I'm going to let AK take this. Uh, side note, I didn't watch any television yesterday whatsoever. So I missed all the NBA games. I missed the Ultimate Fighter. I missed everything. I unplugged and went hiking in northern Arizona because everyone just needs one of those wow. days now and then. So I didn't do anything electronic related whatsoever with a screen. So, AK, what were your thoughts on the return of the Ultimate Fighter? It's a shame that you were probably thinking about Ultimate Fighter 29 season premiere the whole yeah. time. I hope, it didn't, well, I hope it didn't spoil your outing. I was on a mountain screaming, the Ultimate Fighter is back! <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, first of all, people, anyone who watches has seen any of our shows knows I love the Ultimate Fighter. I'm a junkie. I, I'll admit, I probably missed a couple of seasons. I know I didn't see the China, You missed the, the one seasons, China season not episodes? You I'm not going to lie. How, how can you I, be a I, hardcore junkie? You just skipped a whole season. I know. I, look, I, I'm, I'm, I am not... I will not tell people I am the definitive Ultimate Fighter guy. That there's other people who definitely have a more thorough knowledge of the series than me. But I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I I, I know the ins and outs of. I've definitely watched. I'll say this: I haven't watched all the seasons. I've definitely watched almost all the seasons that almost nobody else watched. Let's, there you go. That's, there's a good way of putting it. Tough, tough the smashes. Tough Nations. Tough China is the only one I, I didn't see, and I don't know if it's on Fight. No, I think it is on Fight. Which one? Tough China with Kung Lee and it, it, it's called, else. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, what's so, his name? So t- 
tough china the, tough of china or the ultimate fighter china was um kung lee was not one of the coaches he was the dana white figure so he oh, was like right. the was, okay. and then they had they had two different coaches ja- and one it was jang Tiquan. And oh, Halen Nao Na- Na- or something like that. He had no UFC experience, and they let oh, okay. they he let they made him leave after like three episodes. And Kung Lee <laughs> okay. brought his own team in to coach because okay. it was so out of control. Bad. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, you can go read it. There's a very interesting article on a past Kung Lee interview on MMAfighting.com. Oh, there we go. Talking about that season. Okay, but anyway, uh, top twenty nine. Uh, I enjoyed it. I mean, I enjoyed it. But for anyone who has been watching the show the last time it was on in twenty eighteen and any of the seasons before that, it was it was literally exactly the same. I think one change they made. Someone mentioned this in the MMA fighting comments uh, was that they added in like more music during some of like <laughs> just some background. Yeah, because I, I noticed this too. I don't know if it was just louder or if it was placed in a different way, but that's the only difference I noted that they had some background music for some scenes where normally it would just be like quiet and people like exercising and doing dialogue and stuff. So other than that, exactly the same. Um, some people are saying, I saw our, our, our colleague, our buddy, Mike, he said, um, oh, it's been the same for like 10 years. And I'm like, no, they've, they've made little changes here and there. Like I like when they, they get the two fighters uh, who are fighting and then they go back to show like the footage they filmed before the show, talking about their lives and stuff. I thought there's a very smart reality show type change. Um, they upgraded sort of the, the quality of the, the testimonials, like how they look. They did that like back in the, the John Jones, Chelsea season. So normally there's like incremental, but noticeable changes they, they literally changed nothing uh, between this to, uh, season 29 and season 28. I, I, if you had, if they had thrown this episode into the middle of season 28, I wouldn't have noticed like the difference. I would have been like, Oh, okay. I must, this is just the next episode of that season. So, so that was a little disappointing for me. I, I know it's kind of cool. I know we watch the ultimate fighter for what it is. It's familiar. We understand the format, but just like a, any sort of change, something would have been nice, but it was, it was very traditional. Um, so again, I, I enjoyed it. But if you, if you're someone who's tuned out of the ultimate fighter, you would have no no reason to come back. No, there was question. nothing new or fresh to, to try. Question, away. question: Is this the first season in the Apex? Not at the Tough Gym. Yeah, yeah. So that's the difference. They're, the fights are at the Apex. They're doing the training at the Apex. I think that was the one big thing. Dana no, well, White they're, they're kinda, training at the they're training at the PI now, uh, right? Not the PI, rather than just the regular Tough Gym. Yeah. Um, so that's the one thing I think Dana White was kind of pushing at the beginning of the episode during his you know classic pre tough speech was like for the first time we got we got we got state of the art you know uh, facilities for these guys to work out in it's just nothing but train all day which I mean is kind of what they did in anyway they got to show off the PI so like it wasn't state of the art before it was just what what was it before <laughs> I mean it was state it was state of the art is a relative term Casey it was state of the art in like 2014 now this is state of the art for 2020 why am I doing the UFC's PR what am I what, what's going happening right now. <laughs> I missed it. I missed. I missed the whole episode. Um, uh, well, th- well, there's other parts of the question where you guys can will probably want to jump on. What's your? your uh, what do you think? Uh, what? Uh, what? What's yeah. your Casey? Casey doesn't watch the Ultimate Fighter. No, uh, AK, what's I your did. favorite season? What's your favorite season? AK. Oh, my favorite. AK, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what's your most memorable? Oh, season? Well, I, like I said, not including one. Like you see, uh, as as mm-hmm. Daddy's here, one is a pretty good answer. Uh, I like. I'm fine with both season ten, the heavyweights, of course, which I think mm-hmm. most people would be their number two answer. Uh, and I also have a sick part of me that loves season six, widely regarded as the worst season, uh, or at least one of the worst seasons of the Ultimate Fighter. That was the Sarah Hughes, Matt Sarah, and, and uh, Matt Hughes. Yeah, yeah. The two best seasons were uh, when they debuted the fifteen, uh, the one fifteeners. 
when um, Carla, yes. Carla, when Carla mm-hmm. fought. Uh, yeah, plus Rose. One. That's Rose. Rose. that's one yep. of the few seasons I watched. Great I've season. watched the I've watched the, the, the season. The, the quality of the fighters in that house were. Yeah. I think that's tough. I think from top 20. to bottom, I think Angela Hill's like number sixteen too. Like most like you know um, Brandon Marino was number sixteen or whatever. I think the mm-hmm. quality of those uh, the fighters in that house was just the best. I don't even remember who the coaches were that year. Who were the coaches? That was uh, Gilbert and Pettis. Yeah, that wasn't even important. Oh, yeah. That's one of the few years where like the coaches were not important at all. It was actually about mm. the the, no. the people and the the actual contestants, the fighters. And the my second favorite season was um, because the coaching matchup was real beef, and the quality of the fighters were in there were very good. Was um, Bisbing and Mayhem. That was a great season. Really That's that is a very underrated season because that was the debut of the 45 and 35ers. Yeah. And those mayhem and Bisping are, John Dodson, yeah. a lot of great fighters in that. B- in that. Bisping and Mayhem were fantastic coaches. Yep. Like oh, so fantastic. Good. Like there's a lot of fighters that you would like. John Jones was a bad coach, but it's like if Michael Jordan was a coach. It's just hard to teach when you're just naturally good at something. I think mm-hmm. Tito Ortiz was a really good coach on like the earlier seasons. He was. Um, he was. But then like Ken Shamrock, who remember he had like the Lions Den. He was like the best gym in the world. Terrible coach. Terrible, terrible coach. So <laughs> yeah, couldn't um, translate that to what the it, show. Yeah. But it is what it is. Um, don't know if I'll watch, but, but I. But, the, but the, the Miller, the Miller Bisping season is a perfect example of what like them doing something different because that was. Uh, I mean, Miller. I should say, Jason Miller had one UFC fight back, mm-hmm. back, 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 back in the day. He fought GSP. And yeah. I think that was it, right? I think he had the one UFC. Yeah, fight, right? one, yeah, one. Fight. I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah. And then went, of yeah, course, fought other organizations. Fully beat down, built up his own brand. It's very like cool, kind of cool, cro- almost like almost a crossover. Yeah, this, like, is, this, was post, this was post after he did his run in Dream, after he did his run in Strike Force, the Brawl, all that stuff. Yeah, but I love that they brought him in because I'm like, this is what I, I wish they would focus on bringing coaches who will be good coaches and good TV personalities, as opposed to just. We have two guys who are set to fight. Let's put like what we were doing with Ortega and Volkanovski, two guys who I, I'm telling you could not care less about being on the show. Uh, and just because they have a fight coming up, it's like, oh, can we can we do extra build by having them on a reality show for two months, which is insane. Uh, no, I'd much rather they go with someone like bring in a Jason Miller, uh, maybe not now, but I'm saying that kind of personality who's like, oh, OK, he's not he's not a big UFC name. But guess what? He knows how to be on TV. Mm-hmm. He knows how to create compelling television. Bring back Chel and put Matt Sarah back on TV. I'd love these guys as coaches, but we don't have to worry about a fight. Like that. So that's one thing, again, I, I'd always, I always harp on them. They should change. But. So if you could pick someone outside the UFC to debut via the Ultimate Fighter, who would you pick as a Ke- coach? Kelly Harrison. Damn. Wow. Harrison and Amanda that's Nunes very or whatever, something like that. Yeah, Kelly That'd Harrison. be crazy. That'd be, that would be very interesting too because they're both ATT fighters. So you have yeah. to try to figure out what goes on there. Oh, I'll go with. I mean, I think MVP. I think I think MVP would MVP. be a great. I, MVP, MVP was, was going to be one. Oh. Of my, MVP was yeah. one of my picks. Yeah, that'd be fun. I think that'd be a fun. Kayla, one. MVP. Yeah. Uh, there's a few of them. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting, I'm forgetting some names. I, but, think uh, I think James Gallagher would be a very interesting one because he's, uh, sure. you know, he's a strong personality and he's at Krause's gym, so that's like great coaching staff. And he's a interesting people would be so mad. People would be yeah. so mad. Oh, if James Gallagher got a coach. Got a coach. How old is he? How old is James Gallagher? Twenty three, twenty four. He's under twenty. Under twenty. He was at. He was at. <laughs> he was at uh, UFC in Houston because um, he had a bunch. He had like teammates fighting, so he was always around with Kraus. And I think he he so him and Kraus had to like enter with the like the public to watch the ceremonial weigh-ins. And I think Kraus went up. This is what I saw like my peripherals. Like James Kraus was talking to John Morgan. He's like, "How do I get in?" He goes, "I'm sure they could get you in. They definitely won't let him in." And it was like because James Gallagher was in. Like they couldn't just sneak James Gallagher through the side with James Kraus because you know. 
Bellator fighter, but he was around. So yeah. Uh, okay. So yeah, love, love. Yeah, go ahead, Casey. But back to this question: this whole mm. the, the the season one is season one. Is it just is it actually really good? Oh yeah. Or is it just like the me- or kind of, or just n- overly nostalgic no, about it? It's it's super entertaining it's, because everything is new and that because it's just because everything was new. No, nah, it's, nah, it's entertaining even now. They also have they had like weird like contests like games and stuff oh, so remember? good like they had we're like somehow, somehow nobody got injured no somehow I no, know. And these these contests were like really physically like exert like they were really physically dangerous somehow yeah. no one ever got injured on the show I, I do not know how but they both also, that and also uh, yeah go ahead, the go ultimate go fighter one if you lost you left the house <laughs> this is obviously <laughs> instead of yeah because people forget people forget it, they, those guys didn't even know that they were going to fight on the show. They all thought, oh, we're going to fight on the finale. Like, it's just two guys are going to make it to the finale and fight for a yeah. contract. It wasn't until like a few episodes in where, like, where Dana White's like, yeah, you know you guys, well, we've done some reality show contests, but and now you guys could pick someone, to, two guys to fight. And they're like, what? What were fighting? Like, how's that even legal? How's, <laughs> like, how's that legal? Like a bunch, of, a bunch of people weren't even like on weight. Uh, like some like some fighters they got voted off didn't even fight they just got voted no, off and they just no, left without no. ever fighting so <laughs> season one is so funny to watch because of this the tomfoolery happening wait so 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 by the end of the season was there, was there just two people living in a big yeah. ass house yeah <laughs> it wasn't yeah. just two but it was season, less it, it was less yeah. people yeah. season three is when they started to keep the, the fighters around which is the one big right one. like yeah maybe we should keep them around to help train <laughs> instead of or kicking like, them uh, out Season two was that famous montage of like, uh, to like the try the workout to get in the house. Cause like, remember they had to like, they were all in the house, but it was like, they had to yeah. pick well, instead yeah. of having them like show their jujitsu and grappling. They'd be like, go run 10 miles on this treadmill <laughs> as fast as you can. Cause like, they wanted to see that. And I remember interviewing Rashad Evans. I was like, cause this is back when Rashad was still like top of the UFC light heavyweight division. And he was training with rumble and rumble was on the rise and like, we'll never fight each other. I was like, <laughs> You have a choice between fighting Anthony Johnson or going through that workout to get on the Ultimate Fighter. What would you? He goes, "Oh, I'm fighting my team. I'm fighting my friend every day of the week because that was so brutal to watch. Like people were like passing out just to get in the house. Yeah. It was very funny. Yeah, look, the, the, the show now is so much more well organized, so much better produced, yeah, it, it just yeah. more, just more logical. But man, it is it is lacking something. There's no uh, chaos, uh, less- right? There's no chaos. How about that? We'll see. I don't know. I mean, it was only you episode say it's one. It's so well produced. It's so there. You know the. That's the problem with tough. I feel like you can close your eyes and know yeah. each exact shot that's going to come yes. next. And, that, yes. that's, yeah. and that's the problem. Yep. There's there's zero the, chaos to it. It's like oh, like so. We've know. talked a lot about the Ultimate Fighter. Okay. Okay. All right. We can move on. I'm not into it. Every Tuesday night, people. ESPN Plus, TSN in Canada. All right. Let's there talk about know. something way more important. Oh, Jake freaking Paul. Who asked this question? I want to give them credit. Oh, no. I, oh, I cut the name off. I don't even know who asked it. I apologize. I don't know who asked this question. It's on the site. <laughs> Let's get it. straight to it. Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley. I fully expected Jake to box more retired grapplers, wrestlers from the MMA world. However, however, I have to say this is a very ballsy move. Even Bisman came out and said he was offered the fight. Respect to Jake, who's trying to fight legit guys. However, should Jake have taken a more suitable fight before take, fight, taking someone on like Woodley? Is this too much too soon? So, yes, for those of you living under a rock, Jake Paul is now going to box former UFC welterweight champion Tyron Woodley. He's also the betting favorite, which I think a lot of people were very surprised at. I 
don't really I don't I guess if you're like if you remember what Tyron Woodley has done in his UFC career, it might be a surprise, but like when's the last time he won a fight? On like I can't Woodley? Was it the oh, was it goodness. the Maya? No, it was Darren Till. The last time he won a fight was against Darren Till when he submitted him. His best perform uh, his best maybe his best performance of his whole UFC career, too. Without a doubt. Yeah. Without, uh, without a doubt. If you're taking September everything. If you're taking all of the uh like obviously the cost check knockout was fantastic. The um Jay Haran was at his first fight. The knockout was fantastic, but like it was like a UFC main event, hadn't fought in a long time. Darren Till was the man. He he submitted him with the dart choke, got his black belt, and didn't even smile the entire time. He was so frustrated that fight week in Dallas. Um, but yeah, knocks a lot of people out. He's also this is fight is also 190 pounds. Uh that's that's uh, that's the big thing to me. That's yeah. the big thing. It's 190 pounds. Uh, what I don't know the exact rules because they haven't have they been announced. Uh, I mean, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a professional boxing match. I'm not sure about yeah. how many rounds and things like that, but it will. I be, believe it'll be judges. Believe, be, it's, not, it's not an exhibition match. It's not an no, exhibition no, 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 no. And there's I believe if Jake Paul loses, he gets an immediate rematch. I think I saw that on Twitter. Like he was trying to add that to the contract. Uh, <laughs> good on Tyron because dude hits hard, but I'd have never seen him. In a boxing match, uh, Jake Paul is how old? 24, 25, whatever. And Tyron, Tyron is a lot closer to 40. Is a lot closer to 40. So this is, I don't understand the confusion over Jake Paul being the betting favorite in a boxing match, considering he's the one that's been boxing and winning and is substantially younger and taller and heavier than Tyron Woodley. Um, I'm very interested. I do, but as I said, Tyron really hits really hard. Like, his, what is his overhand is very, very dangerous. So, good on Jake Paul for fighting a former UFC champ that hits really hard and is very explosive. I'm very curious to see how explosivity translates to boxing when there's no takedowns. Um, I'm interested in seeing Ty Winley box too. But, Casey, what are your thoughts? Uh, it's it's kind of rules for uh, both gentlemen. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Jake Paul. I mean, this is a very tough fight for even for even was he three and oh, two and oh, four and oh, something like that. Three and oh, big jump, big jump up in competition, but it's a Huge. smart, it's, it's a smart jump up because he has the he is the, he's gonna have a big size advantage. He, he actually has a an experience advantage in, 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 in boxing competition. I don't necessarily think he's actually sparred more boxing rounds than Tyron Woodley in his life, but you know, but Woodley is always the boxing was always still the. It was set up around his wrestling. So this could be really mm-hmm. interesting to see how Woodley boxes without the threat of the takedown because that's the whole thing about wrestlers. You don't got to be a great striker. You just got to be a good wrestler, and all of a sudden your striking gets so much exponentially better. No, I take on Johnny Hendricks' is best example. Um, mm-hmm. It's like it wasn't that he was a great striker, but like you were so scared of his takedowns that you, those hands drop and that overhand comes over, and boom. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a great matchup. I actually like it. Um yeah, and great on Woodley. Woodley, I mean, I, I mean, I'm assuming it's true. Woodley said this is going to be. He's he expects to make his highest purse he's ever made in his career after after losing one, two, three, four fights in a row. You know, so uh, good on Woodley. That's all. Um, uh, I, I expect Jake to win, but uh, yeah, good on Woodley. What, what, I, what I still think is weird from guys like Woodley, and I I know they're talking crap, but like he, I saw an interview I think with Hawani. Or Elwani posted it, but like saying, "Oh, I'm gonna get Jake Paul. I'm gonna get rid of him." You know, all this stuff. It's like, why? He's giving you the highest purse ever. You should like beat him up and go. Let's do it again, please. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't. Why? Why do MMA fighters want to get rid of guys like Jake Paul? Jake Paul is like 
putting their kids through college. I don't get it. So <laughs> I hate how good Jake Paul is at, yeah. at at this at whatever we want to call this whole you know thing he's it's called doing. being a prize it's is, called being a it's called being a prize fighter. He is, right. Look, I, I don't like Jake Paul person. Jake Paul as a human being does not seem like a good person. That's you know that's a usual disclaimer. But as a business person and as someone who can who's honestly for me it generates interest in these weird fights I'm um, um, just amazing I, I, I want to see this fight I agree it is such a logical step up from Askren it's like okay so first I beat a former MMA champion but not a UFC champion a guy who fought in the UFC guess what so, so people can say what they want oh you beat an MMA guy but not a UFC champion oh guess what He's a UFC champion. I lined him up. Oh, you fought a guy who's like, you know, retired. He's Ben Askren. He's not, he's not in the greatest shape. You know, if someone had never heard of Ben Askren, they just saw a picture, especially the shape he was in before this fight, like not even in MMA shape. People are like, this guy's gonna get killed. You know, most people who were smarter than me were like, this guy's gonna get killed. Look at him. If you look at Tyron Woodley, he's still dude, he is in he is in insane shape. He is he's in such good shape. Yeah. Say what you want again, and being out of his fighting prime. Physically and athletically, he looks incredible. I, I bet there's a lot of things he could still do that most guys his age would struggle with. He 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 looks fantastic. Uh, it's it's just such a smart it's such a smart step up. I thought a pro wrestler would be next, but this is even better than that. This is someone who's been calling him out. There's already like a some so there's already some build there. This isn't some guy that he started. Like this is he's getting called out by a UFC champion. Yeah, and how can you? And there's a backstory the too. There's a real backstory. It's not just a random yeah. champion. They, he was the guy. Yeah. He was in the corner. The guy he just knocked out. They yeah, had the locker not, room footage. He, I mean, like he wasn't brilliant. even it's just brilliant. he wasn't even just in the corner. He was the guy that watched Jake Paul get his hands wrapped. Because you know, in boxing, yeah, yeah, you, that, go, that, you go that watch footage, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's footage of him talking all this greasiness with Jake Paul's uh, team. Trainer, and he's like, yeah. train. Well, one of his oh, yeah, spar partners yeah. trainers, and he was like, and and Tyrone was like. What's your name against man? Like he, who, what, who are you? And he's like, I got my titles. I don't even know who you are, my man. So it's, uh, yeah, the storyline's there and good on everyone involved. I understand Jake Paul is just a trash human and there's some allegations going on in his life that are abhorrent. And if that is the, if they are true, then he probably shouldn't even be in society. Um, but Let's see how that plays out. Yeah, we'll yeah. Get on time. Yes, yeah. getting, but just uh, with what we're talking about this in front of us, it's yes. like, and it, it's, no, it's, it's just, he's so smart. And, and I'll tell you something. I have no problem with the odds because I said, I'll, I said after the loss to Covington, I think I said, I cannot pick Tyron Woodley uh, in a fight ever again. And uh, I stand by that. I think, I just think that there's an instinct there that is, that is maybe gone or diminished. And when you get in there with guys who are like really trying to, you know, a, a younger, hungry guys, like again, even like a Jake Paul, you're, you're really going to get hurt. So I'm, I'm totally down with the odds. I'm, I'm definitely um, preemptive for now. Picking, what are the odds right now? Them. It's not like crazy, right? It's just favored. It's not like it's not like two to one or anything, I don't think, is it? Let me see. Our own Damon Martin had the odds. Okay, yeah. Take a quick so. look at that. But but if, if they were, I think two to one, if they, I don't think they are, I think it's like minus 150 or something. If yeah, they were two to one, close, that yeah. would be a little, yeah. Two to one would be a little absurd, but I don't have no, I have no problem with like a distinct favorite. Minus 150, distinct uh, favorite. I'm like, yeah. Jake Paul was minus 130, Tyron minus, yeah. Jake Paul minus 155, Tyron Woodley plus 125. Okay, so so again, a, a favorite, but not a not a massive favorite, and that's I, fine. That's that's, 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 that's how it should be. It's interesting because um, I'm looking at Arawani's Twitter, and he did you know just a fan poll. So these are MMA fans, and 75 percent of MMA fans are picking Woodley. <laughs> so like they, they yeah. don't, they, yeah, because they've seen what he can do. 
like in, in an MMA fight, and people are just curious to see how that trans. Like, like Tyron Woodley's never been a boxer by any means inside the UFC, but dude hits hard. Like he took the soul of Robbie Lawler and Josh Koscheck. Um, he he came this close to taking that soul of Luke too, like and and no he and came no close one, to take <laughs> he came close to taking the soul of Wonder Boy in Madison Square Garden. That Two fight times, ruled yeah. the draw, yeah. that draw. So and then the Gaslam fight was whatever. That was a split. Um, beat Carlos caught in his legs until it yeah. ripped in half. So great fighter. I just I'm very curious. Even outside of the tomfoolery, I just want to see how time really does in a boxing match. I, um, I think I, don't know. I think this is another smart call out. I don't know. I can't. I I just can't pick Woodley here. I think I think I I I, 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 I pick I pick Askren. I pick Askren. If anyone wants to remember, I picked Askren. So I've learned my lesson. <laughs> I think it's a, and I think the idea that Woodley is shot or whatever is I think that's really overplayed. I don't know. I don't think he's top ten, but I still think he's a top twenty water weight for sure. I mean, I don't and, think he's shot. Like I think I mean, he's, he goes who, to what he's lost to. He's lost to top yeah. five well, guys. And, yeah. I think it goes to what AK was saying earlier. Something just happened. Like, I don't like, he just finds himself stuck against the fence. And like, we're all watching them. Like, why isn't he punching? Why isn't he doing this? Why? And even Tyron Woodley said that when he was, when he lost to Kamaru, he's like, he had a guy where he knew what to do, but his body wasn't doing it. So I just think there was something there. He also fought a bunch of specialists in a row and then had to run into Kamaru Usman, who's a pretty well-rounded. MMA fighter who Pro- people are arguing the, is, might be the greatest welterweight might ever, be the too. greatest. <laughs> but like Damian Ma- fought Steven Thompson back to back, and then Damian Maya. You kind of know what's going to come with those guys, and then even for that Robbie Lawler, you're not really worried about a sh- takedown from Robbie Lawler. Same as Darren Till, and Darren Till did that. It was like that lead jab uppercut that he does a lot. And Ty Woodley goes, "Oh, I just I know this is coming." Does he miss? He just timed it perfectly in that half a second window. Usman, Burns, Covington, Luke are much harder to game plan against, obviously. Mm-hmm. But good on him for getting a bunch of money. Prize fight is the name of the game. Which, and it's gonna, what's going to be really in, another interesting factor about this, this isn't a thriller fight. This is going to be a Showtime boxing fight. Showtime. Showtime. So yep. this won't be the circus you know, that everyone's complaining about. This will actually be um, – I'm, I'm interested to see what the undercard is and everything. Um, we'll find out soon. But, uh, yeah, it's going uh, uh, to be a thing. But it's going to be a thing. But the black – but the black keys. Doja Cat. Doja Cat. Major Laser. So Mount, so Mount, Mount what Rush what Mount, Mount Westmore? Westmore. Westmore, yeah. Man, I need that spectacle. See, look at that. Uh, as soon as Showtime boxing is like they and they, they have a boxing match and they bring out another boxing match, we're gonna be like, what is this? <laughs> whoa, whoa, he slip settle down settle with the boxing down. guys. Take it easy. Yeah. Uh, by the way, that that question was from uh, MMJ two K MMG two K twenty. Sorry. So thank you. Uh, thank you for the question. This is a part two to this question from another from Ooh. another user. What kind of legacy will T would oh. have if he were to lose to Jake Paul from Four Corner Sports and why? Um, I think in the MMA world, everyone kind of considers him top five welterweight ever. Just yeah. I don't think he's top two. You, I, the, I think the top two, the top three are GSP, Usman, and then you kind of get Matt Hughes, Tyron Woodley uh, conversations in there. I think if it's just MMA, Carl's Khan, it has to be up there as well um, just in terms of his career achievements in, in this sport. Um, but in terms of what T would, I think it depends on how he loses. If he gets, goes out there and loses in 35 seconds to Jake Paul, not the best look, but let's see how this plays out first. I say, I'll say no change, no change. I don't think Askren's loss affects. I mean, Askren has maybe a, has. No, I don't think Askren, Askren's loss affects uh, 
his MMA career at all, or even his combat sports career. No, I don't think so. I I, I don't think any effect. I'll, I'll just yeah, that's my Ben Askren for all his accomplishments in combat sports. I don't think any any fighter has has been seen knocked out more in combat sports history than Ben Askren. Combining the Ben combining the Jake Paul knockout oh, oh, with the uh, Maswell knockout, yeah. we've never seen so, a fighter get sure. knocked out more. Even Askren. the first, the, the first, whatever minute of the Robbie Lawler fight, <laughs> if you just took that clip, it's like, this guy gets hit a lot. <laughs> yeah. But what, yeah. What, so but if T, if, um, if Tyron Woodley loses Jake Paul, say he loses badly, does, in terms of legacy, which legacy doesn't mean crap because legacy doesn't pay your bills, but if we're talking about legacy, does T Wood run into this kind of hidden morale area? Oh, people are already doing that. People are already doing Where, that. Where, like, they're you just really oh, dis- how, Remember Hennon oh, Brown was Howard Brown best? Yeah. And now he's just like, Hennon Brown wanted to be in the U- Hall of Fame. He, he's not going to make the UFC Hall of Fame because of his post-championship, you know, dip. I don't think, even when Hennon Brown was champion, he was like, best ever. But as soon as he loses, like, he, he's forgotten oh. about. Is T-Wood in this area? Casey, Casey, people were doing that after the Gilbert Burns fight, man. People yeah. were, were going like, yeah, but how, how good was he really, though? How good was he? Did he did he really face anyone like that good? Like da- Damian Myers, older, uh, yeah. gra- only grapple. Stephen Thompson's, oh, perfect, perfect matchup for Woodley, which is like the opposite of what people were saying like before they yeah, fought. I think coming into the fight. Thompson was, like the, Thompson was a perfect matchup for him. But, uh, I, you know, that's I think that's just classic sort of MMA reductionism, right, is, is when we see guys start to lose, we we, we, we look back and go, ah, they got, I guess they weren't that good. I guess they weren't that good. So that's uh, every sport. That is, that's that. This is true. This is this is every sport, but it happens really fast in MMA. <laughs> yeah, like in <laughs> combat sports and in combat sports in general. Uh, yeah, people, as, soon as, you lo- as soon as you lose, people are like, well, "Were you ever really relevant?" Yeah, it's a shame. All right. Mm-hmm. Do, do, do. All right, man. We got we had a lot of questions on Jake Paul and Woodley, um, but I'm gonna skip those and go to this one. <laughs> With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Kevin Lee's move mm-hmm. up to welterweight from Tristan Gordon on site to MMA fighting. What do you think of Kevin Lee moving up to welterweight to face a fighter like Sean Brady? Lee said in a recent interview, he'll take Brady's spot in the top 15 of the welterweight rankings and will use his past experience, which will make the difference in the fight between the two. Do you think Lee will work his way up in contending for the welterweight title down the road? So it's, uh, yes, for those of you who aren't aware, Kevin Lee is moving up to welterweight again. I think this, how many fights has he had at welterweight? He's fought RDA. That's what it's. It's only the RDA, wasn't it? Is it the only RDA? Well, an RDA is base, was basically a lightweight that yeah, did so a he, weight. He, he, fought, been... <laughs> he, fought a, he fought a lightweight at welterweight. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sean Brady is a legitimate welterweight prospect with extremely high-level grappling and some of the best tattoos you'll see in MMA. Uh, 
props to Kevin Lee. He, dude doesn't take easy fights whatsoever. I mean, he, he like like I said, Sean Brady is physically an actual welterweight. He's in the, he's also a prospect. He's in the prime of his physical career. Uh, I've just I, I I watched an interview with Kevin Lee from uh, the Schmo and Helen Yee. I don't know if you saw even like clips of that or whatever. Kevin Lee looks huge, like much bigger than he has. I feel like he's been taking this last year to just get physically bigger to move up to welterweight. But AK, what what are your expectations of one Mister Kevin Lee at 170 pounds? Ah, uh, not super high. Uh, I apologize to my cousin Kevin Lee, super talented guy. Uh, <laughs> And, and, and I'm glad I'm, I, I had not seen him recently, so I did not know how much he's been bulking up uh, to get to 170. That's good to hear that he's had the time to do that. But even then, it's it's you know it's you, it, I understand guys being able to bulk up, but there's always still a sort of functional, ideal weight that you can compete at, and you can manipulate your body all you want. You're, you're once you hit a certain hit a certain threshold, it's kind of, you're not going to get the results you want. Like, like I'm an expert on this sort of thing, but I, again, <laughs> I, this is just based on sort of and anecdotally what we've seen in the UFC and and when we've seen guys go up go up in weight class. So you can have some success. I mean, it worked out for Robert Whitaker. Robert Whitaker, I would say, is not a big middleweight. Uh, and he made it all. He won the UFC title. Uh, Gilbert Burns is, I would say, is a guy who did not love making 155. So him moving up to welterweight probably made sense. But also, you know, not a massive welterweight. And there we go. He just competed for the title. So could Kevin Lee follow a similar arc? I don't know if he's quite as well-rounded um, as some of the guys we mentioned. We just mentioned. I do always look at him as a grappler. I know he has striking. He had that great head kick of, uh, of Gilbert Gillespie. Of course, you don't do that by having mediocre striking. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I could see him. I, I don't see him working his way to a title shot. Maybe fighting his way into the top 10. Yes, I think Brady is the a nightmare matchup to try and do it. I, I respect him for taking it because uh, Brady is ranked right now, undefeated 14-0, number 13 ranked uh, in, in the UFC right now. So that'd be a great spot for Kevin Lee to jump into. Uh, uh, even though, And Kevin Lee, I think himself is 11th uh, or just outside the top 10 in the, in the lightweight rankings. So uh, matchup-wise, again, everything makes sense. Um, I, I'm favoring Brady heavily, but I do understand the logic on the uh, Kevin Lee side for 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 deciding. Okay, I'm going to go with a guy who doesn't necessarily have a big name, but a lot of people are talking about him. And and if it's a grappling matchup, I think I can beat him. So uh, yeah, I have no problem with with uh, what what Kevin Lee is thinking here. I just don't necessarily think it's going to go his way. You know, it's interesting. You, you, we we're kind of talking about you know uh, Kevin Lee versus Sean Brady, the prospect. They're the same age. Yeah, I think it's just wow. They're, they're the same age. Like we've just Kevin we, Kevin Lee has just been in so many high profile fights at such a young age that I I was actually shocked when I saw Kevin Lee is only twenty eight. Like actually, Kevin Lee is like right in his athletic prime. He's getting it right now. Yeah, he lost to Charles Oliveira, you know, sometime last uh, a year ago, over a year ago. Oh yeah, over a year ago now. Um, man, it's a great fight. I like this. I like Kevin Lee going up. I think, you know, all those years at 55, he's just gained a lot of technical, you know, experience, you know, with his wrestling, just just learning all the MMA skills and techniques. And I think now he doesn't need that strength advantage, maybe going to 55. I think all that technique now, he can just focus now, just fighting his best rather than making that 55 weight. So um, super excited. I love, I, love, I love vet versus prospect, even though they're the same age. But, uh, yeah, it's cool. I don't know who's going to win. Um, okay. but, uh, Kevin Lee was Kevin Lee was had already had two UFC fights when Sean Brady just made his pro debut in general. Yeah. Sean Brady was 0-0 and Kevin Lee was already in had two three fights in the UFC. Uh, so yeah, he basically we saw his growth 
in the UFC. And let's not forget, he got full mount on Tony Ferguson at one point in that interim title fight. Uh, so fantastic fighter. I would love to see a rematch against Michael Chiesa at 170 uh, down the road. I so that too. first fight was at 155. That was when uh, Chiesa got caught in that rear naked choke and was yeah. a Mazzagatti. Whatever referee that has like never refed again in the UFC because of whatever that that weird finish was where he said he was out when he wasn't. Um, yeah, then who else has he lost to? Tony Ferguson, Ayakinta twice, both of those fights, whatever. Yeah, Leo RDA, got former him. champ. That was, that was kind of an upset loss. You know, one of those things that just happened, but that was a while back. Which one? Uh, oh, Santos. Leo, yeah, Santos. Yeah. Yeah, that was also. Yeah, he was also super young. Uh, yeah. In that, and then Charles Oliveira, current champ, RDA, former champ. So only losing the best of the best. And he looked like a world beater against Edson Barbosa. Like he took it to him in that fight. And then he got on Bambi legs after that head kick. But and he came uh, back and won. It shows that came back and won. He also how tough he is. There was a there was a point in time where like Kevin Lee wanted to fight everyone that no one wanted to fight in their backyards. Like he go like no remember when Gregory Gillespie was like the man at 155. He's like, I'll fight that dude in New York, where he's from. And then he won. And then we asked him, like, who do you want to fight? He goes, I'll fight Islam. I'll fight him in Russia. Like, I don't want to fight him anywhere else besides Russia. And then Charles Oliveira can't get in a fight. I'll fight Charles Oliveira in Brazil. So it's like Kevin Lee is by no any, he's never going to turn down a challenge uh, like this. So, yeah, all props to the man. And I love the fight and can't wait for it. It's also on the Conor McGregor, uh, Dustin Poirier three card. So a lot of eyeballs on yeah, this fight. Yeah, huge. Huge opportunity, and, and uh, I was just I was just listening to uh, Sean's interview on what the heck uh, uh, the other day, and and he he, he was he was originally going to be on some random fight night in like August, and then it got moved to the uh, July tenth card. So big 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 difference, big win for him and uh, Kevin Lee. Cool, cool. Two thousand twenty two heavyweight. One year from today, who will be the champion slash number one contender? Be this time next year. So we'll hit these rapid fire. So. One year from now, who will be the UFC heavyweight champion, AK? Francis Ngannou, and the number one contender will be John Jones, just like it is now. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. I agree with you, but I'm just going to say it to be different, and I bet Stipe can get his title back because he already beat Francis oh. once before. Why can't he do it again? Everyone seems to just think Francis has Stipe's number when they're one and one. Uh, and I think I think I think Francis. I that's fine. Fight. That is completely fine. If he <laughs> went, if if I also said I think Francis will have the belt, but I also am not counting Stipe out from getting the title back, because what it like like Dan White already said Stipe will get the winner of Francis and Derek Lewis. So I still want to see Stipe Francis trilogy. I just want to see it. I, I want Stipe to get a win before he gets that. I don't. I, I, cool. I, don't know. I, I, I still I, think like Stipe I, I don't could know. Be and the I don't, I, who, who, who could Stipe fight? Who should Stipe fight? If I know Don they're going to give him a drug rematch. See, that's a fight, yeah. I'd love that. I know. I don't if think we they're going to If we can't do John, if we can't do John Jones Velasquez. because of the money thing. Steve Bring Cain Velasquez. Bron, Bron Strowman. Bron Strowman. I just, I just don't know if he can make 265. That's my real concern. I think he's, he's, he's pretty big. He's like, <laughs> I don't think he can cut to 265. No, no uh, yeah. who's Cyril Gaon fighting? Volkov? Maybe the winner of that. That would be great. Yeah, I would love that. I, 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 I wish... I'm I'm kind of on the I'm kind of on the same boat that Jed's on, just not as rude about it about Stipe. <laughs> but uh, I just I've, I've never been a the biggest Stipe believer. Nice guy, great fireman, and you know, all that stuff. But never been the biggest Stipe. Um, I also Volkov guy. and Volkov and Cyril Gan have very high level technical striking. They're not really known for this, their touch of death. 
And I feel like Stipe has fought a lot of people that will just knock you dead. Uh, and I would love to see, and just stylistically, I want to see Stipe against someone that can just like, you know, have a high level kickboxing match with him, like Volkov or Cyril Gunn. I just want to see that fight, either of the fights in general. Anyway, speaking of heavyweight, where do you see Rosenstrick and Sakai this time next year? Uh, Rosenstruck will be headlining a fight night show against Derek Lewis. Sakai will be uh, one of the favorites to win the 2022 PFL heavyweight tournament. Wow. <laughs> big All right. I predict big things for both of them. That's, yeah, there you have that's it, a folks. bigger paycheck for Sakai. <laughs> there you have it, folks. Where do you see Tom Aspinall this time next year? Oh. That's a tougher one. Who did you just beat? Was it Arlovsky? Arlovsky. Okay. Arlovsky. Submitted him. Yeah, I don't know. I see him. He's really good. He's really talented. So talented. Like I got the rankings. Tom Asimov versus Stipe after Stipe loses his rematch, his trilogy fight. Oh, to, wow. uh, I would like. I would like to see Tom Aspinall fight Dawkins. I think that'd be a fun scrap. Uh, two heavyweight prospects. Yes, I I agree. Um, I want. I really. Or, I really want that one. Or if you just want like eyeballs or like a fun selling fight. Uh, the winner of Tied to Ivasa and Greg Hardy. Uh, Tied to Ivasa is obviously a character. The UK versus Australia rivalry is already there. And then I think Aspinall is such a young, high-level mixed martial artist. Just give him to um, Greg Hardy again if he wins. So, sure, those fights are fun too. Pavel- yeah, I'm, 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 I'm copying out le- less specific with this one. Uh, f- firmly entrenched, though, in the top 10. Th- top five, I don't think so. So I think he'll be in the 7 to 10 range by this time next year and and and, cool. and really holding that spot down. two things why does it say your name cities but ak's country and secondly jose's hair looks sick as fuck thank you jessica uh ak just represents canada yeah okay i didn't even notice that that what happened to mark ham what happened to mark ham (laughs) he just represents canada like that is his like like tell me about exactly just say canada just like the Raptors. Oh, everyone in the Casey Raptors represents Raptors. America, apparently. <laughs> Exclamation point. Not the United States, just America. America. Exclamation point. AK's is Mark Ham Canada. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Jessica Crystal Crew. Oh, man. Good to have Jessica back. I haven't seen her in haven't seen her in a bit. Uh, all right, we're gonna finish off with yeah, we hit an hour, so let's finish off with this question. Quickies from Andy Burton. How do you see both Lima and Amasov and Jackson versus Daly going? Ooh, I like both those fights a lot. Damn, that's a good question. Um, I love Dougie Limes. Uh, I think I think he's the second best welterweight in the world behind Kamaru Usman and um Asma as Amasov will give him a tough fight. Uh, Lima will win a dominant decision. Casey, your homework for the next week is to come up with uh, a food-themed nickname for Amasov. Okay. (laughs) Apparently, you you can't use his first name because Douglas Lima needs to be showing the Dougie Lyons, apparently. (laughs) And then uh, Jeremy Jackson. Charlie Charlie Olives. Jeremy Jackson. Jackson versus Daly. Jackson versus Daly. Oh, man. Um. I'm going to go. I, I'm. 
I love Paul Davis. I've just been one of my favorite fighters for his entire career. Yep. But um, Jackson looks great. I thought he looked great against um, Neiman Gracie when he, he defeated him. Even he almost had his eyeball ripped out by the cage, and he still came back and won. Um, I'm gonna go Jackson. Looked great against Benson. Looked great against Benson too. Yeah. So that's why I'm picking Jackson because I picked him to lose both those fights, and he won both those fights. So I might as well get on the Jackson hype train now. I always pick Douglas Lima to win because I selfishly need to see Lima versus MVP part two. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going. Uh, I'm going Lima and, and Jackson. How do you see the middleweight matchups between Till Brunson and Costa Cannonier going? Hmm. I think I, I'm picking Brunson. I think Brunson and Paulo Costa will win. Mm, man. No, Brunson and Cannonier. That's what I'm picking. You had to go with your crystal guy. I saw that. I saw the change in your eyes. I saw it. That's true. Just as the crystal crew chimed in, you're like, oh, Jessica's watching. Let me, yeah. We better go with the crystal guy. I'm not. I, I don't <laughs> think uh, Jessica's big on the Jared Cannonier train anymore. He jumped off. Yeah, his, he's uh, off the crystal crew. Social media activity. Um, Till versus Brunson. I always pick Brunson. So, yeah, I think I, so this I'm going to pick for him. I think I need to stop doubting him. He's a very good fighter. And I also uh, like I also like Paulo Costa. I think he's better than a lot of people think. I I, I think it, we just talked earlier in the show. He had this one embarrassing loss to Israel Sanya, and now everyone's oh, was he was he really that good? And yes, yes, the man threw down with Yoel Romero. The guy's very good. <laughs> so I do like him too. Uh, I do think he's just got a little more. A little more, a little more power than Cannoneer, maybe. maybe think, uh, well, and I think, and I think, underrated as far as technique as well. Why, 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 what's wrong with Cannoneer? Who's who? Who's he lost to? I like middle, middleweight. Uh, I don't know who's he lost to middleweight. Uh, Robert Whitaker. Robert Whitaker. And he shattered yeah. his arm in the first yeah. round. That's not, yeah. I don't think. I don't not, think. Not a, bad, not, a bad, not a bad so. fighter to lose to. Not a bad fighter to lose to. Yeah, but that's not. I mean, that's that's a twisted form of MMA math, Casey. No, I'm just saying. Like, I, I don't. Why are you hating Cannonier? Yeah. Why are you hating? You're I'm hating. not hating Cannonier. I think Costa. Like I'm anything. I'm, I'm I'm defending all the Costa hate. I think Costa's reputation took a big, big, big hit uh, after the uh, Adesanya fight, and I think people are forgetting how talented, how good he actually is. And well, I think he'll bounce back. I think he wins. I think he wins. Is, this it, one. is this sober Costa? Is that what we're doing? Or was it the Costa? Was <laughs> yeah, exactly. Too much wine. Yeah, too much wine. Come on. What is an interesting question to wrap it up? What is the poster of the year so far? What are your thoughts on MMA posters in general? Personally, you think they have looked awful recently. The Gone versus Rosenstrike one was trash. Same for the Ige Zombie. And wh- and whoever made McNuggets versus Poirier is being straight up lazy. Uh, so this person only brought up UFC posters. If you want to go see a how to on MMA posters, go look at every single Ryzen poster. That's all you got to do. They freaking rule. Um, I was a big fan of the zombie Brian Ortega. I was a big fan of that one because it was like green and you, normally the it was it just looked different from past fights. Um, the the recent Ryzen poster is. Awesome. I'm, I'm having to look these it. up. They're so there's the, these posters are so nondescript. I'm literally like looking up all these posters like right, I just right now and <laughs> trying to figure out. Um, there were you know, a few that were good. We don't have to talk um, about necessarily UFC. Didn't be UFC. It- I was a big fan of the UFC 218. Uh, that was Holloway Aldo 2 because that was also sponsored. One of the main pr- sponsors was the the new Thor movie that came out. So everything was like dark blue, except they had like neon yellow with like highlight certain aspects of each of the four fighters. So like, you know how Nganu has like that lightning bolt in his head. So it was like a dark reddish 
blue and Ghana with like a big neon yellow lightning ball in his head and over him had his yellow lines right, right. on his forehead. So I thought those were fun. I also obviously selfishly liked the USC 181, which was the uh, comic book one. That's the, I can't remember who the artist that did it. Um, made basically just a comic book poster for a comic book cover for Hendrix Lawler two and Gilbert Melendez versus Anthony Pettis. And then I really liked, and I think it was perfect was Overeem Lesnar because it didn't have their fight stats. It had their physical. So it was like six, five, 265 <laughs> pounds, like yeah. size X fist. And then it had like Overeem and Lesnar standing and it just looks like a freak show fight, which obviously kind of was, but I like down because it was billing Simple. just two behemoths Simple. of men just fist fighting inside of an octagon. So that one's very simple. Let me show you. Oh, I found it. Let me show is, you. This, this is the very, the most please, recent Ryzen, there. Ryzen poster right here. Well, I'll just, I'll, I'll just, I'll describe it. I'll, okay. So Great. for our, our podcast listeners, it's, it's just, it's a beautiful uh, shot of the Tokyo dome. Uh, it's like a nighttime shot. It has a Tokyo dome at sort of at the end of a desert like Valley. And there's like a uh, comet like streaking across the. It's very, it's very cool looking. So you guys can look. Oh, this is Ryzen twenty Ryzen twenty eight poster. If you guys want to look this up. And yourself. the reason uh, why this poster is because the story is um, Ryzen is gonna be the Tokyo Dome. Normally at the Saitama or different venues around Japan, but they're gonna be the Tokyo Dome. Unfortunately, I'm pretty sure this event got moved or canceled on. because of pandemic. Unfortunately, because mm, mm. um, you know cases went up and all that. No. Yeah, but stuff. it looks really nice. It's such, it's, but, it's such a cool mystique to it. Yeah. No, no. I, I guess I, I've been to Tokyo Dome, and this is photoshopped. This is this isn't how it is. It to- yeah, this isn't how exactly how it looks in front of Tokyo Dome. So if you go to Tokyo and visit the the this this, this arena, it doesn't look like that. Just you no. Know, oh, it, so yeah. Yes, I can. I can testify it is not at the end of an apocalyptic wasteland. Uh, it is it's actually part of like a like a, a park, like a sort of a big city park thing. What's it called? It's like Tokyo Park or something? Yeah, Tokyo Park. There's um, an amusement park. There's roller yeah. coasters right near it. And, it's, it's and, and um, Rockwin Hall is right next to it, too. That's where um, uh-huh. they have a bunch of all the crazy wrestling and Shudo, Pancras. Um, everything is at Rockwin Hall. I'll, I'll just shout out and a TGI Fight Fridays. Circus. There's a TGI Fight Circus Fridays right posters. There too. The uh, best fight posters. <laughs> what was who was the Pride Ten one that had uh, Sakuraba? Remember he was in the rear naked choke. That woman had him in the yeah, rear naked that choke. Shirt. Yeah, yeah. That That's one's um, fantastic. Um, what, is the woman not supposed to be his wife or something? Something like that. Because there are two. One of them, it's like her in an apron, like smacking him around, and yeah. the other one <laughs> is Dream Six is the oh, best. I think sorry. that was the uh, the oh, tournament. So. Yeah, okay. Dream Six, I think, was the best because they were the fighters were in a in a bracket, but it was their whole bodies. It was like you know, it was almost like toys, like you kind of snap yeah, out like of the rip thing, out like a little snap out toy yeah, figure. Yeah, toy that deals. one absolutely, that one absolutely ruled. But yeah, Dream <laughs> uh, Asian fight promotions do it right. Yeah, in terms yeah. of uh, but um, the go back to the question. Yes, um, UFC poster making is straight up lazy. But you know what? Blame one person on that. That's Dana White. He chooses it. It's his. He runs the company. It's his promotion. If they want lazy posters, that's on them. But um, yeah, whatever. Uh, hold on, Casey. Can we throw this one up quickly? Uh, this is for I guess I need the link, and uh, I'll listen to the link in Slack right now. Uh, if I can get my freaking this is a fight circus was was promoting a uh, a phone booth fight, which unfortunately did not go through. Um, there was COVID. Sorry, not not the fight. Sorry, not the event. The fight itself went through. The event was uh, was unfortunately postponed because of because uh, of COVID. Let me just send, shoot this over to Casey. Um, so this is a pretty cool poster. I, I don't know if it's like an homage to something. Uh, oh, that is nice. 
Yeah. yeah, it's like a movie being thrown up there. And I'll describe it again for people just listening. It is just a an open a graphic of this open phone booth and uh, blood is like sp- <laughs> spilling out of it. Yeah, if you guys just Google, uh, I got you guys listening, Fight Focus 3 posters. On the, they make a few movie posters, I think, style posters. So this is one of them. Uh, again, so hopefully they will have this fight uh, go down sometime in the future. It is supposed to literally, I think, be two Muay Thai fighters stuffed into a phone booth, like in the crap out of each other. <laughs> Um, there we go. And that's what yeah, people watching now. Yeah. That is a cool And it says, uh, it says from the creators of kicking only human cockfighting. And then uh, there's a tagline as well. It says call 1-800-COLLECT-TEETH. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so there yeah. you go. So Dude, we can do better. Rules. UFC, UFC, we can do better. <laughs> 1-800-COLLECT-TEETH. Dear God. Oh my goodness! This is this, yeah, and they even designed it like it looks like a, a VHS tape that you see like a yeah, blockbuster yeah. video. Oh wow! Which is which is which is the only place you can probably find Fight Circus uh, right right next to the Faces uh, of Death videos and, and right UFC, the, in, in UFC one, <laughs> UFC one VHS tape one one through one through twenty. <laughs> that's a yeah, that's a great poster, man. Love it. Anyway. You know, what posters also are sucking a lot lately. I'm disappointed. Bellator. They're not even trying anymore. Now their Bellator posters yeah, are no. sucking. Come on. No. Do they really have posters? They, do they, they've, do they've, they've, they've had posters? cool posters. Like when they did, they, when they have uh-huh. big events, they've had, they've had cool posters. They have. Uh-huh. Um, but lately, they've been just kind of calling it in too. So, bum. Bums. Anyway, right. that's it for the show, right? Because we ran a little long or do we have more? No, nah, we're good. We're good. Happy anniversary. Oh, can, I, can I say happy yeah. anniversary again, Jose? Because let me tell everyone something. Uh, I know, Jose, when you first started having to do this, uh, you got kind of thrown into it. You had to take over. It was a lot of technical difficulties. It was a freaking nightmare, but you stuck with it. Okay, Jose Young's one man, I don't say one man show, obviously, I don't see you helped as well. But these guys stuck with it and, and, and got the show together and got a bunch of great guests over the last two years. And I'm, I'm super happy to work with you guys and to be part of this two year anniversary because I do remember what a struggle it was at first and uh, how good it is now so congratulations my friends yeah. well done good work if you want people on the show just tag them we'll try to get them on yeah on twitter casey what do you got to say um i don't know everyone be nice to each other enjoy pride month um i don't know go hug your friends get vaccinated you know then hug your friends oh my god i, I hung <laughs> out with people i was in i was in a room with like six other people we're all vaccinated we're just talking i was like this feels crazy i gave each other a hug we, we hugged each other when we left it was just it was like 2019. That's amazing. Had a wild Well, week. I'm going to close it by saying I want to plug this shirt that I'm wearing. It's called comicbookforkids.org. You can go on their website where they try to provide children, and I stress children-friendly comic books, to children in hospital, hospitals and cancer centers throughout the United States and Canada. So if you're in Canada, you can also donate your children-friendly comic books or you can just go on their website and hit the donate button sometimes they get um if, if if a publisher company has published too many comic books or they have too many copies of certain comic books they will give them to uh, hospitals and cancer organizations to give to children who are stuck in the hospitals and want to escape into the world of the, the enchantment of the mind of comic books so that is comicbookforkids.org go buy a shirt go donate some comic books or just go and donate some money in general it's for a good cause it's all over the country of canada and the united states started in chicago but it is a fantastic organization check them out and with that we'll see you next wednesday on the eight side live chat fights are back this weekend we got ufc on vegas 20 
28. Is it 28? 28, maybe? Yep. 28, 29? Yes. And then, of course, yes. we have Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul happening on Sunday in Miami. Sunday. None of us are there, unfortunately. I believe it's Sunday. So it is Sunday. watch those. If you don't want to watch those, we'll have all of your coverage here on MMAfighting.com. <laughs> but until then, we'll see you next Wednesday. Bam. Happy birthday, AK. Nope. <laughs> You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. Eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.